Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another Hometown Ghost Stories Horror Movie Reviews, where I am joined by Dave Wilkins. What's up? And also Jesse Wilkins. How are you, friends? And this week, we are covering Bone Tomahawk and the movie Host, but make sure when you go to Shutter, you look for Host. That's where it's probably going to be. There's like 30 versions of it. Check our thumbnail. Make sure you're watching the right one. Um, because I, I had to text Dave several times and be like, this is the right one, right? Like, I don't want to screw this up. So It's the one from 2020. Yeah. But there was two versions of it on Shutter when I looked it up. I think they were the same movie, though. So There's also a movie, The Host, and there's Host that was in 2013. This one is Host from 2020. Yeah, so yeah. it doesn't get confusing at all. No, no not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so... Uh, so we're covering those two movies this week. Why don't you hit us with the synopsis, synopsis of Bone Tomahawk? Let's do that. So Bone Tomahawk was written and directed by S. Craig Zoller. In the Old West, a sheriff, played by Kurt Russell, his deputy, played by Richard Jenkins, a gunslinger, played by Matthew Fox, and a cowboy... <laughs> <laughs> This is what happens when I don't close my door. The cat's dead. <laughs> the dog chases them. So um, that's what I get for leaving my door open because it's 400 degrees in this room. Um, well, I'll just, I'll start the. Uh, no, just keep it running. That was great. You think it was good? It was good content? Yeah, I'm, good I'm for, gonna... Great for the audio listeners. You gave everyone, including us, a heart attack. So they deserve, to, they deserve the same fate. All right. All right. Let's keep it going. Bone Tomahawk, written and directed by S. Craig Zoller. In the Old West, a sheriff, played by Kurt Russell, his deputy, played by Richard Jenkins, a gunslinger, played by Matthew Fox, and a cowboy, played by Patrick Wilson, embark on a mission to rescue three people from a savage group of cave dwellers. Rob, you suggested this movie. Why don't you tell us why you suggested it and what you think of it? So this movie in particular, me and Dave, way before Hometown Ghost Stories was even a thing, we would give each other horror movies to watch back and forth, and we would do it. And the one he would never watch was Bone Tomahawk. I told him like five times to watch this movie. Just, just to be fair, it was never like, Dave, watch this movie, and I wasn't like, no. It was just like, yeah, 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 I can't wait to watch this movie, and then I just would forget and not get around to it. Right. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying you like were vehemently against watching it. Um, when I went into this movie the first time I saw it, I didn't know what to expect. But I love Kurt Russell as an actor, so I will generally watch most Kurt Russell things. And I'm here and there on westerns, like a really good western. I I enjoy. We joke about Red Dead Redemption too. It's one of my favorite games of all time. It's just done really well but like movie wise it's not like a genre that I seek out I would say so I went into watching it I'm like it's going to be a western it's Kurt Russell I'll still find it enjoyable and then it opens with Sid Haig and I'm just like okay well now you have my attention immediately with him in this movie and David Arquette as well I love David Arquette and what preceded what what follows that is just one of the best movies that I've seen. Agree. So I'm gonna have to agree with you on this. So you 
been trying to get me to watch this movie for like seven years. And I finally watched it and I loved every second of it. And my first note that I took on it was Sid Hag in the opening scene is you, you got me. And that, that opening dialogue. So first of all, the dialogue in this movie is awesome all the way through. And the dialogue, it's just, it's, it was my main thing. I, like, I love the, all the character dialogue all the way through. And it was the first thing that gripped me was the character dialogue between Sid Hag and David Arquette. And it was just mm-hmm. so, it was just great. The, the, <laughs> they're walking through the, uh, the uh, desert there and, and David Arquette says something and Sid Hag turns to him and was like, we don't have time for your womanly imaginings. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. Um, but this is one of those, I, I thought the dialogue was really clever all the way through and um, I liked it. And I think dialogue is something that can take a bad movie and turn it into a good movie. And the example I'm going to give is Lucky Number Slevin, not a horror movie, but it was kind of a dumb movie that was like carried by really, really, really good dialogue. So when I think about Lucky Number Slevin, I think I liked that movie and it was really the dialogue that carried it. This was a good movie that had great dialogue that just, I don't know, it's part of the reason I just loved this movie was really the the directions and the dialogue. Among many other things. When you're looking up like other reviews on this movie, a thing you see frequently is that it's Tarantino-like. So... I agree in the aspect. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think the dialogue is like, it doesn't feel like it's written by Quentin Tarantino, but I understand what they're saying. Like in terms of like the dialogue really makes this movie and, and carries it for most of the movie, because let's be honest, that's what 75% of this movie is. It's part, it's the journey with the dialogue before you, you get little hints of what you're getting into in that opening scene. And, the stuff that happens in the town but you don't fully know what you're getting into until the last 10 percent, 15 percent of this movie i would say what are you yeah, what are your just to, yeah I, I think you're gonna jump over to me anyways but yeah. just to touch on the dialogue part of it um you, you pick up on it right away with like the kind of simple conversation going on in a very gruesome moment where that opening scene is like it's it's brutal i mean they're literally like slicing necks and, and killing mm-hmm. these people for no good reason other than just to to rob them and the dialogue going on with that. But then it's also like throughout the movie, you have a very big contrast between the characters. So you have Kurt Russell's character, who's a sheriff. He's very much a professional guy. Obviously, he's got a very small staff to help him out with things. So he's kind of hiring whoever to help him out with projects. But you have his character who is very, you know, smart, very aware of situations. Very good. Then you have Patrick Wilson's character, who's like very um, kind of old fashioned, very proper and uh, you have his his whole character there is very different than Kurt Russell's character while still being somewhat similar. Uh, he plays Arthur in the movie. And then you have the old detective, um, not detective, but the um, deputy. deputy who is just this old guy. And he's just babbling about nothing the whole movie. But it was, it was great because it was just a huge contrast from the other characters. And you had that kind of mixed bag. And then you had a uh, Bruder in the movie played by Matthew Fox, who is arguably the best character in the movie. And he was... Um, he was just very, uh, very cool and um, bravado. Yeah, the bravado, the the uh, arrogance, and the um, this whole movie was between the characters was kind of like they're all butting head, with the exception of uh, Rick, Richard Jenkins' character, like butting heads because they're all, um, you know, just big, ma- you know, masculine characters, real just tough guys, you know, and they you kind of get this this really interesting contrast where they're 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 butting heads. But then they all come together when there's like a, a conflict or, the, you know, 
even if they don't agree that they, they made a good team. And I also liked um, Matthew Fox's character a lot, but when he was like, he kept talking about how great and how he's a great uh, gunslinger and bragging about how many Indians he's killed and whatnot. And it's, he's, as he's doing this, I'm like, this guy is going to die immediately. <laughs> he's going to get smoked. Like they're, they're building this up exactly. And, uh, and that is what ended up happening, which was, sort of disappointing because I, I, I you know you kind of wanted to see him you know he was like their he's like their main guy you know like their their number right. one gun but well, that, you were left with just kurt russell as like the guy who could really handle himself and i mean patrick wilson would have been that guy but he was injured the whole time with his like broken ankle or whatever so he's hobbling along it's hard for him to be um the savior in the situation. So when they finally get into that, like kind of final situation where they're pulled into the cave after uh brooder uh, presumably dies outside, they're just screwed. And you're like, okay, so their only hope here is for this guy who's already hobbled and he might not even survive the journey to the cave. If he finds his way to go and save them. And uh, it just, it left a lot of obstacles for that movie to end um, happily. So it was it was cool. It was really like stressful journey. They had no idea what they were walking into. Um, guns helped. So guns helped, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, not, not the, the guns isn't even what got them out of it. So right. um, they did a really good job setting up the end scene. You know where um, Patrick Wilson goes down. He gets left behind. Can I, can I just hit on a few things before we get into the end scene? Um, yeah. I just want to touch on that you brought up. So. I think they do a really good job of building up Bowman, like you said. And, like, yes, he's going to die immediately, but they showed how good he was, right? Because he, as he's talking his shit, he's like, you know, if you hear anything, trip the wire, you know, shoot immediately. Doesn't matter. Don't ask questions. Just shoot at in that direction. And he's like, and the one thing he said to him is like, I'm probably going to beat you to it anyways, but just in case, right? And then so, he does, yeah. But but he brings up a great point there. But there like, was there was that scene where they woke up and he was the one that was getting stabbed, and you know Patrick Wilson, Wilson built him out, yeah, reacted yeah. second and shot him. So uh, but, it did pay off. But you're right, like he was he was great at what he was doing. So and he brought up a great point in that whole scene where he's like, if it's an animal, it's gonna it's not going to be uh, a herbivore. Basically, it's going to be. An animal a coming, yep. a predator, or if it's a person, they're going to announce themselves if they're friendly. So, you know, he he does it in like this really dickish way, but it makes sense. Yeah. And the other thing I want to bring up that I found really interesting with this movie is Patrick Wilson's character has the leg injury before the movie begins. Normally, you would see this happen like on the journey, right? Like, let's say, you know, usually they would just all be getting together to go on this ride afterwards. Something would happen during the ride, whether they got into a fight with somebody or he fell off his horse because something else happened and then he'd be dealing with the leg injury. I really liked how the leg injury was already there. It's like a really little thing, but to me, it really stood out as being different, like, he, it was just already there, just not something that we visually had to see happen. Just everyday life, you're dealing with something, right? Especially in these times. I think it was how they wanted to paint his character. You know what I mean? So they wanted to show that he was injured, laid up in bed, but his wife is that important to him that mm-hmm. he was just, uh, he ran out of the house without his boots 
and just with one leg and they're like this guy is on a mission and that's his character that's who he is so i think it was part of them trying to build that character you know yeah, paint him in a certain way i agree because i think like the other way would say that as well but this just helps really lay down that point even more right so i i thought that was really great we can get to the end now but i just wanted to hit on those two points before we got too far away yeah so i was uh when i was the, what I was talking about earlier, I wasn't even necessarily trying to talk about the end. I was I was basically just talking about they're doing a great job building up to the end and mm-hmm. setting up the scene for them to have this situation and for the problem to be solved without it being, um, you know, a deus ex machina, like out of nowhere ending, you know, like, oh, just everything randomly fits together. They set it up in a way that it made sense. Um, where he, you know, there's that altercation where he falls. They think they're going to have to amputate his leg. They end up just leaving him behind. That mm-hmm. was an, that was a paramount plot point. The next one is when they took the opium from him or whatever it was, the you know, the drug from him out of the flask. And they're saying, you can't have this because you're going to fall out of your horse. So now they have that tool to be able to deal with the troglodytes when they get to that situation. It wasn't just like a miracle that's like, oh, shit, we have this. We can poison them with it. Um, so there is a whole bunch of things that are like, when you watch the movie, it's stressing you out and you think they're just building tension, but it's actually setting up this end to end in a way where it's not a stupid ending. So I thought that was really, really nicely done. Yeah. Let's talk about the actual villains, quote unquote, of this movie, which is the troglodytes. And I think they do a really good job of setting them up in the beginning without actually giving everything away. So you have the opening scene, which we've already hit on with Sid Haig and David Arquette. But the one that was like really pivotal to me was when they're in the bar in the morning after the attack and they say, go get the professor. And the professor comes in and the professor is a Native American. And he's like, and it gets to the point where he's like, here's what I think you're dealing with. You're dealing with this. They're like, are they other Native Americans? And they're like, he's like, you're going to think they are, but they are not. They are, they are something else. So I thought that whole scene with setting that particular thing, like letting you know that like these, these troglodytes are just different. And it's almost like uh, when you finally see them, it reminded me of the Hills Have Eyes, mm. where it's, it's very similar in that aspect, where it's like, yes, they are technically like, humanoid but they are they are something different so you do not have to feel any compassion for this group of people because they are they yeah. are um, I, I don't even know how to describe them yeah just beyond what they would call savages at the point uh, at that point and uh, I don't know if that's what, exactly what you just brought up but the fact that they brought in kind of their resident Native American and were like tell us what you know about these people he's like I know who they are but we don't fuck with them basically <laughs> you know, it's like they're they're not Native Americans, they are they are absolute savages. So well, I think that was um, them trying to separate themselves from that traditional um, Western trope, where it's like cowboys good, Indians bad, and there's like yeah. oh, that's not the movie. Where that's not the story. Which yeah, no, they brought in the Indians. He goes, no, it, like not it. Those aren't Indians. Those are those are yeah. those are cave people, and they're uh, they're bad. So yeah, um, they're a whole different thing, basically. Yeah, which I think is important to notate. Yeah, the complete unique thing with them was the way they would communicate. Basically, they had jammed like some sort of pipes into their throats and they would basically just scream through them and it would make this really creepy, interesting noise that they used to communicate with. And this played a huge factor because basically when Patrick Wilson finally rolls up 
to the scene where everyone had gotten kidnapped or whatever um, and pulled up into the cave jail. He comes across one and he shoots him and uh, and then he just like he's kind of inspecting him and he presses on his chest, I think, and he like notices it making noise. Mm -hmm. So he immediately just in a very gruesome scene cuts it out of his throat and uh, blows into it and then notices another one comes like jumping out like, what's up? You need help? And then shoots him. And uh, a couple intense scenes there where, like, he missed a couple shots. He had to reload the gun. Dude chucks the tomah- tomahawk at him or whatever, just misses him. And the, it, it, it was uh, really raw where it's like they don't really react very well to guns because it was... Because um, they're cavemen. <laughs> it, yeah, they're not used to that. And Real quick on that, um, yeah. on that whistle thing. So I, I think that they based that on the Aztec death whistle, which is the Aztecs used to use this tool, which they actually, they, they would... They crafted it out of the esophagus of some kind of animal, whether it was a deer or whatever. And um, it's basically a voice box. And they crafted it into a whistle where if you blow through it, it makes this horrifying screech noise. And they used wow. to use those. And you can actually order them online. You can get an Aztec death whistle. Not out of, They're made out of wood. But um, and you can blow. There's there's the videos online. Check it out. There are people like blowing through them, and they make this terrifying sound. I actually want to get one because it seems pretty cool. But uh, that's definitely what they they based that around. You dropped the ball. You dropped the ball. You should have got one, so that way I we would have blown it for the final fifteen minutes of this video. <laughs> yeah, I would have. I would have absolutely just terrified everybody in my house because. Well, well you just loud. go open and close the door behind you. It's probably the same noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring your cats in here to horrify all of us and give us another heart attack today. That was good. All right. While we're on this scene um, of him cutting out the the thing out of the guy's throat, let me just have my, one of my negatives because. As important as that scene was and how great a lot of the special effects were in this movie, that scene sucked. The the You have to go back and watch it, and maybe I caught it because this was my second time watching it. But the dummy that they used to cut the thing out of the throat was awful. It was like the fakest looking thing I've ever seen in my life. It was like a throwback to, seven, to the 1970s where I would give them a pass if it was made in the seventies, but this was made 40 years later where everything is way, way better. And they had great special effects in this movie, but this one part of this movie was just so bad. Do you know what their budget was? Their budget was sub 2 million, $1.8 million budget. That's why all the effects are practical effects. Um, so the fact that they were able to pull this movie off with such a infinitesimal bus budget is I think insane, and I, I give him a pass for for that. I mean, it was a practical effect. I think that's in plenty. Of money. I think that's plenty of money to get a better dummy. I mean, it, their budget wasn't one point eight million dollars for the dummy. It was for the whole movie, the entire production. Which He's is at least at least a mill on that dummy. This is why I'm going to be in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just it's they did a great job on everything else, but like if you don't have the budget, then let's figure something else out. Yeah, I do like that they used all practical. I mean, they had to use all practical effects. You have a $1.8 million budget. You're not doing CGI, which I'm glad they didn't because I don't think CGI would have worked in this movie. Um, but the practical effects I thought were all really good. I didn't pick up on that one. Uh, maybe if I did go back and rewatch it, which I actually do plan to go back and rewatch it because I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I you know what really- I, just real quick, you know what I did pick up on that I do want to address is did Rob's dog just make a human cough noise? Yeah, it did. <laughs> okay, Rob, just, just your Gotham just coughs like a human now. He he has kennel cough. That's why I'm muting my mic here and there. Oh, sounds like a grown man. Yeah. But I hope your dog Poor feels Gotham. better. That's terrible. Poor Gotham. 
Indeed. Yeah, so um, I don't really have any negatives on this movie. The only minus points I'm going to give it is kind of a happy ending, which I want, if it's uh, in a horror movie, I either want uh, everybody dies type ending or like uh, give me some sort of like creepy twist at the end. Give me some sort of like you know, one last trouble that I didn't get and you pan to him or something. I want something in a horror movie. I want to be uncomfortable. I want to be unsettled at the end. That was kind of like a happy ending, sort of. Sort of. Yeah, they so easily, was- easily could have had one more like sitting on the mountain at the end looking down at them or something like that or just have one more of those noises go off at the end to let you know that like something's still out there yeah let me let me counter this real quick what was 60 to 70 percent of this movie 60 percent of 60 to 70 percent of this movie was the, the journey yeah was how hard that journey was for them to even get there right right and now you have patrick wilson's character who's in even worse shape with his wife and the old man they lost their two best fighters all together and now they have to make this journey back home do we think that this is actually a i mean things could happen and break right but do we think that this is definitely going to be a a happy ending i did think about that as well like that's a tough journey and they had horses for most of that journey too so it's gonna be a tough road back for sure but if that was, the, I mean, if that was the implied ending, they didn't. That's not what they, they yeah, didn't, didn't pull it off. True. So um, fair, I guess. And then you can look at the angle, like you know, when when Kurt Russell's character left, his wife was like, "You're gonna die. Please come home." Blah blah blah. And you know, she had that. So that's that's kind of you know, he's not coming home. So there, there's that. But if it's horror, if it's a horror movie, I want that last, you know, tw- twist that knife one last time um but the we didn't really talk about the actual ending of this movie which is you have um the last 10 15 minutes of this movie just whoa went nuts it was yeah. crazy with the uh obviously with the scene where they cut the guy in half which is you don't see that a lot i mean i, I don't think i'd even consider this movie an extreme horror movie like terrifier was so it's weird to see it in it you know like that kind of extreme gore in a movie like this was was pretty wild and then when the, you got the troglodyte with the rifle you have that whole scene was like tension because like he didn't know how to use the gun, yeah. but he's starting to figure it out. And you're like, oh my god, <laughs> he's gonna like yeah. he's gonna figure it out. He's gonna get it, and it was it was so good, so good. Right down to the uh, the flask in the uh, in the fire pit, which is, there's so many like different angles that they took. You know, the flask was like their their savior. Like, oh, we're, it's, we sit and then it ends up getting shoved into yeah, <laughs> her oh muscles god. abdomen. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that that was rough. Um, a few th- a few other things I liked about it. So you know, the whole movie, you know that like Samantha's gonna be okay in the jail cell, right? And sure enough, they get there, and she was. But at least they gave like a reason. So it's like obviously, if you expect if your wife is kidnapped by really bad people, you're expecting she could be raped, she could be beaten, she might already be dead. Like all these crazy things go through your mind, right? And of course, they play that pretty well. Where um, Arthur was going crazy, and he's like, like God knows what they're already doing to her and everything. But they had basically thrown her in the jail cell and ate the other dude first because he was bigger, and they tried to fatten her up, but she was also refusing to eat. So they kind of did play it off well as to why she wasn't harmed yet, where she just wasn't eating, and she's smaller, so they're going to eat the bigger one first. And um, they obviously don't need to eat an entire person every single day, so they did a good job of explaining why she was okay and untouched up until that point. I agree with that. Yeah. And overall, like it, it wasn't horror, horror. It wasn't scary, like too, too scary. 
Um, I am a little curious as to why they went into the town and kidnapped people. That seemed like something they hadn't done before. Um, well, they followed David Arquette. That's what happened. So David okay. Arquette um, desecrates their, their area there, the burial ground area. He gets away somehow, and they follow him back to the town. So he was burying the stuff outside of the town. They roll up to the town, and that's why they were in. That's why they were there. Cool. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So an overall, great movie. I mean, I think for me, um, I give it a four point seven. I, I loved it. I, thought, I, I loved it from the. It was f- the entire movie was awesome. So it was like I was never like, ah, oh, that's kind of this is a boring part. Or this is a little dull. I, I loved it from start to finish. So uh, four point seven for me. It's a four point nine for me, and it would have been a five if they just gave me something at the end to to bother me, just to stress me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Make me uncomfortable. That would have been a five, but it was a yeah four nine for me. I'm probably a four three, and my two complaints are obviously the dummy, mm-hmm. um, which is relatively important to me because everything else is so good that they do. Uh, when you go back and watch it, I think you'll you'll see why I think that. Um, I also think that as much as I like the entire movie, upon rewatching it, I think they could have shaved some time off of this. I think the journey is important. I don't know exactly what I would cut, but I do think you could have shaved this movie down just a tiny bit. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they could have drawn out the ending a little more and added a little less into the journey. It kind of gives it almost like a Lord of the Rings type movie where the entire movie is just the journey. and It didn't have to be. Yeah, I like the bonding and everything. I think there's even like scenes in the beginning. As much as I love the scene of them in the in the, you know, the, the bar in the morning. And I think the professor was important. I think they could have cut out some of the mayor stuff. Like it was like just a throwaway thing. And I'm just like, eh, they could have probably calmed that down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know what they were going for, but as a, as a lover of Westerns and all things, saloons and Westerns, I would just give me all the saloon scenes. Yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a, I am a sucker for a short horror movie. Those are my favorite ones. The shorter, the better. Um, Cause I like, I think once it goes on too long, it's not scary anymore. So that's why I like the short ones. That's, I mean, that's why I suggested host, but mm-hmm. um, this one, I don't know what you cut out of this. I don't know. I mean, the character development, I mean, it wasn't even, char- the characters weren't even developed. They were just, they were who they were, and they interacted great together, t- held together by dialogue. But I feel like the backstory was important, and it was good enough. Where yeah, I, I mean, I don't they, know, did, I don't they know developed, yeah, they developed Bruder and um, and the deputy a, a little bit during that journey. Actually, I'm, not, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not saying I need, like, 30 minutes cut, but even, like, 10 minutes throughout the movie cut feels like it would be a big deal for this movie for me. Right. Overall, yeah. great movie. We've got good scores all around. So that was a, was a solid one. Shall we move this, on? Yeah, we'll move on. But this entire recording for us is cursed. Huh? We have Dave's cat flying through, my dog getting sick. Now my TV's messing up. So hopefully we get through this movie host. And uh, hopefully. It's, almost, it's almost like we're in that movie right now. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> anyways, do you have a synopsis for the movie host for us, Dave? Yeah, so Host uh, 2020 was written and directed by Rob Savage. It was directed by Rob Savage. I don't know if it was written by him, actually, but I think it was. Uh, So six friends accidentally invite the attention of a demonic presence during an online seance and begin noticing strange occurrences in their homes. You know what's funny? You know what's funny is that synopsis was longer than the movie. I know, I know. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously. um, So this movie was, I think, 56 minutes, which is... Uh, short. So I love short 
horror f- films. I think some of my favorite horror films are just these YouTube shorts that are done by like uh, aspiring film, you know, producers that just come out with, on YouTube with these short movies. Without the one with the guy's head in the box, I think is a great one. Mm-hmm. But like, the shorter the better because it's easier to be scared with a short movie. They drag out. You get you know. Sometimes we talk about American horror. This stories. is a complex, isn't it? This yeah. is a short. <laughs> The shorter, the better. <laughs> the shorter, the stronger. <laughs> so, uh, the um, It's like American Horror Story, right? It's like sometimes the seasons start out okay, and then it just gets dragged on to like, you know, mm-hmm. Valentine's Day, and you're waiting for the stupid season to wrap up, and you're like, just end it. It's horror. It's too long. So I like the short ones. That's, that's kind of why this movie attracted me in the first place. And the other reason this movie attracted me was that list we talk about, where it's like the scientifically scariest movies based on heart rate beat per minute's and Mm -hmm. jump scares and whatnot sinister was the top of that and i thought i thought the list was overall really good 10 movies that are really good and this that list came out before this movie was filmed and they amended it after this movie came out and host took the top seed over no over sinister which i don't agree with but that's why i was like oh man i gotta see this movie this is crazy so i mean i remember it's not like objectively the best horror movie not the best production not the best cinematography acting it's literally just based on your heartbeat and what people are like you know how scared they are watching it so this movie was jumpy it was scary i liked it um i didn't know how i felt about it the first time around i watched it i thought it was interesting i liked the um unfriended movie that came out and this was kind of a little bit like that so it wasn't like the first of its kind but uh, I, I wanted to see how, what you got, what your guys' thoughts on it because I thought this movie was interesting. Um, there was a lot I liked about it. There was a lot I didn't like about it. So that's what I suggested it. But I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts. Sure, I'll jump in. This movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, is that it? That's all you wanted to say? I hated this movie. I'm going to let you go because I'll just go. I, I have like one thing that I liked about it was uh, it was uh, only that it was short. <laughs> Thanks, because I, I hated this movie from start to finish. Like, but we'll, we'll get it. I'll, I'll let you guys go through the positive. I, I, I don't know. Positive. I thought the guy, the the comedic uh, relief guy, was was funny, and I, I liked how they just uh, he walked into an absolute shit show at the end. Yeah, but uh, that's that's the only thing I liked about this movie. Rob, you're up. I didn't like despise this movie by any means. I think let's just finish the short thing. I like that they didn't overstay their welcome. They knew exactly what this movie should be. They didn't try to find another 30 minutes like a lot of movies would do. Um, Clearly, this was filmed during the pandemic, and it was made because of that. And I think working around those limitations, they made a really good movie. Um, I do have some problems, but I don't. I don't particularly hate it. Hate it. I thought it was fine. I thought it was a fine movie overall. I like. I like the way they set up the the demonic presence and like just the way it systematically went through each person that was on the call basically yeah so i understand the the setup of this and the way that they're setting it up people are still trying to figure out zoom you know looking back at it now two years later it's like just figure it out already you know because it's we're already we've been with it for so long but like when it first came out you know this these were actual things that were you know problematic for when you're in a Zoom meeting. So they that was kind of annoying, and I thought the the the, the beginning, which is crazy to say for a 56 mo- minute movie that something was too long. Like get to the point. They did get to the point, and once it picked up, it picked up fast. Mm-hmm. And they did, I thought they did a really good job incorporating um, like 
some of the later things that I thought also thought was cool. Like the girl video where she um she's walking back and forth, you know, she's like, yeah. oh, I got this, you know, she tricked him. And you, you just know, I'm like, that's going to come back into play somewhere. And same with the person with the masks, you know, she had the, the mask emoji thing that pops up over her face and they brought that and tied it in really well. Yeah. Once this movie got going, I thought it was awesome. Like the last, like whatever, 35 minutes of this movie where it's just like, all you see the demon and then it's just like, bang, 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 bang. And you get like, it just, it's so fast paced. And then it ends like so, like just I love it the way it ended. You know, just I, I love chaos at an end of a horror movie, and pretty much from that point, once it started to get going, I loved it all. I thought it was great. The attic scene where they're panning around, you get the demon legs hanging, and then it disappears. But then he's in the Polaroid, right down to um, where the medium's in and out, and she's you know the the whole uh, angle where the medium's like, oh, did you do this? And then like, yeah, well. She's like, oh, you shouldn't be disrespecting the spirits because you could invite. Um, in so this is this is an actual thing that um, that people believe. So I won't say it's a true thing or not, but they say when you're having a séance, if you invite a spirit that doesn't exist, that invites a negative entity, and that's something that's actually believed um, in the you know like the medium community and people who do séances. So they tied that in really well, I thought, and. Um, yeah, Ed Warren brought it up in his book, or the book about Ed Warren, where he was saying that like if you're using a Ouija board in particular, and I know they didn't use a Ouija board in this movie, but he's like when you use a Ouija board in particular, you are never contacting a friendly spirit that wants to give you a message. You are always bringing up something dark uh, that is is basically manipulating you to think that it's something friendly, and it can turn into something horrible, which led to a few of their cases. Um, yeah, so all right, things I did I did actually like about the movie was. It was different, right? It was the Zoom call. It was the Zoom layout. I Now, I respect that they tried something different. I hated it. I hated it from the second it started. Like, I hate being on Zoom calls. This is as close to a... <laughs> like, this is the, as much as I could tolerate is this. It's not Zoom, obviously. But um, the problems that they were running into in Zoom, as you alluded to, these are problems that you run into Zoom. It's still problems that you run into Zoom. I, I don't know. I, I hate Zoom meetings. Anyways, uh, so off the bat, I'm like, well, I'm not enjoying this. Guess we're not getting and, them for a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like... We'll um, StreamYard. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Uh, okay, first, first and foremost, the majority of horror movies that I've seen and I think this plays role to, I don't know, like probably in the upper 90% of horror movies, if not closer to 100%, is at least for half the movie to 75% of the movie, it's a slow build and it's really good. And you're like, oh, I really like that horror movie for 75%. And then they kind of screwed it up at the end, right? That's most decent horror movies the really good horror movies close it out well but sometimes they kind of lose at the end but for the most part the, the common denominator is every single horror movie is really good and it builds and it builds and it builds it gets crazier and crazier this movie took way too long to even start the build way too much fucking around way too much of this bullshit i know there was like little things that they sprinkled in there but there wasn't enough for me it's like when i watch a horror movie i should enjoy at least 75 percent of this movie and then they'll either lose me or they'll grab me at the end this movie had me lost for 75%. I'm like, please get good. And then I just found, I found everything predictable. Uh, I thought uh, some of the, some of the jump scares were really corny. It was kind of like the ones that we alluded to a few movie reviews where like the demon like jumps in front of the screen. And it's it's just, it, they just weren't good. I was just, I was, I, I was bored. I thought it sucked. I thought everything sucked with this movie. Acting was okay. I just, oh man, didn't like it. 
Didn't like it. I liked a lot of the, like Dave said. I, when it did get going, I did like a lot of that. I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head with some of the jump scares, but overall, I liked most of that stuff. But I do agree, it took too long to build. I, I have another problem with it, and I know like you have to do something to get the story going. But we like to joke around, you know. We but we know when to take things seriously, right? So I feel like, and, and another thing is, if I was going to do this zoom call where I wanted my friends to take something seriously and like, Hey guys, I, I really need to do this. Um, in order to do it with me, I need you to take it seriously. A, I would know which friends to invite, mm-hmm. right? I would also know which friends not to invite. And basically none of this girl's friends took anything seriously for her. Like this is just like bad friendship. Like, like, if I'm telling you, if I'm like, if I ever called both of you and I was like, hey, I got to do this thing. It's going to sound dumb, but I need you to help. Can you please do it with me? Uh, just just take it seriously and then we'll talk about it after. I know you guys would do it. Yeah, right? So. Like, you know what I mean? So like to have multiple friends, like the guy clearly was going to be that type of guy. I, I mean, you could tell that immediately. I, I didn't even need to. So why is he invited? I mean, the girl kind well, of I shocked. Just to, so the guy, I think, was in the group of friends, but his issue was he had the new girlfriend who was yeah, like, "Pay attention to me, pay attention to me," and okay, I think fair. that kind of that kind of was what threw him off. I was glad the demon took the time to kill her too. I think she was the only one that wasn't really involved in the call. That he was like, "Nah, fuck this girl too." No, this demon but- was great. This demon, one, it killed his girlfriend. The other girl who was fighting with her boyfriend, it killed him, dropped him from the ceiling. Oh, that yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's this thing just, that's why, I, it's what I, one of the things I liked about this movie is this demon just came in and was like, talk shit, and just killed <laughs> everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone is dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, just I think that was my biggest problem. All right. So, but then there, was, then there was inconsistencies with how this thing appeared. So it was invisible. She tried to throw the flower thing, walked through the flower. I thought that was a pretty cool special effect. But then it was, this, you go back to the cheap jump scares of this like demon, which by the way, looked different every time it jump scared you. Is it a blue demon? Is it a red demon? It's just, it's just, it, it, it was like going through different variations of these jump scares. But it's like, okay, so can you see it or can you not see it? I guess maybe sometimes you could see it, but why does it not look the same when you see it again? Summon several demons. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. This is just what I didn't like about it. So, uh, the other thing that I, I had a little bit of an issue with is in the very, very beginning of the movie before the Zoom call, something happens in the main girl's house where like the door opens or some stuff comes out. So, like the ghost, like there was a ghost there. So my assumption was she had some that was going to play into something, and it never comes back it never comes back it's like why is it here then like like if you're gonna show me something like that you make it a point to show me that it's i thought they did go back to that i don't think they did did they she went into that closet i think at some point i don't know the end of the movie when the other girl came over i I agree i do i think i do agree with rob is that why, why was it there in the beginning? Other than like they just wanted to start off with some with a creepy scene. Yeah, like, well, I think that I think that plot. I, I also don't think it really works, but I think maybe the the thought was the reason that she set up that whole thing was to secretly address what was in her house, and maybe she didn't want to tell her friends that, but she brought in the medium like let's have a seance and see if maybe we can figure out what's in my house. But that's, she didn't really tell them that detail, right? That's what I thought as well. Yeah, like that's what that's where I thought we were going with this. <clears throat> 
but they really made it a point to say that like because they they like didn't take Messed it seriously yeah. and screwed around is that's why this thing was there now mm-hmm. and then they never go back to the main girl saying like no i've had this issue going on for you know two weeks or a week or something and that's why i needed to do this call but yeah i agree with you like that's what i thought was going on with this was she's setting up the call because she's having these issues so um, so I think I think it's a possibility that she's having these issues, right? They set up the call, they do the seance, and the medium says this isn't how we typically do it, so we're going to be more vulnerable to negative, you know, because you know we're not we don't have the advantage of being in person. She said that, and then she made the point right. about not not letting the candle get blown out. So if this girl was already haunted by some something that hadn't quite come to fruition, it's definitely not the right word. That's a good thing. I know, but exactly like hasn't talking. like come to you know what I mean. Um, and then the other girl pisses it off by screwing up the seance and that exacerbates the situation, then maybe that's what happened. And I think that's probably the, I think that's really the only possible explanation. I think, it, I do think it was I mean, not, not well executed. Right. Neither, neither was if, anything, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, the people were well executed. In my All opinion. That's true. Like, yeah. <laughs> Most of those kills were really cool. I think that, that just to get into a couple of those, like, the guy getting set on fire at the end, like he thought he was dead and he was just going to burn. And then he just kind of comes out. He's like, Oh shit, I'm on fire. <laughs> just like yeah. starts. That was crazy. And the best, the best kill scene in my opinion was the girl who was just perpetually being smashed against her keyboard. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Yeah. And uh, the, the scene with the, the girl with the mask emojis. Right. And you yeah. got, all of a sudden you got the mask over her shoulder. It was a little bit predictable. Like I kind of saw it coming, but I thought it was great. It was, uh, they set it up. Well, they're like, this is what we're going to do. You know, they're working with, they're working with a zoom call you know the whole thing was filmed on basically on a zoom call so like i thought that it for what they had and the way they set things up i thought they did a good job and i really really did like the fast paced once this movie got going i thought it i thought it kicked really hard were there cheap jump scares yeah um but what do you, what do you expect on a movie filmed over zoom <clears throat> so i don't give them credit for being unique because this movie was basically just unfriended redone um yeah I mean, I give them credit for mm. finding a way to get this made during a time where movies were having a lot of trouble yeah. getting made. So, like, yeah. kudos I just, to them. I hate, I hate all the content that that panders to that situation. Obviously, we're avoiding certain words so we don't get our video banned on YouTube or, not, you know, whatever. But the... I don't know. I, I think they didn't need to do the scene where the. I think pander is the wrong word. I think they were working under their limitations that they that they had. Okay, well, no, pan, pan, no, no, pander is what I'm saying because they use the jokes and then she comes into the house and they do the elbow bump and everything. It's, it's like that is like just cheap humor to deal with. You know, that obviously had something directly to do with that situation. So I think in retrospect, I think maybe pander. it didn't age well, but mind you, this came out in the middle of it. Right. So it was all relevant at the time. Yeah, so like it's just, it's just so, so I remember when I saw that when I first saw this movie because I saw it when it came out because of the hype, and it was right in the middle of the whole thing. Like that stuff didn't annoy me, and now it's like, uh, you know, yeah, enough's enough. enough. I, I guess we're probably. I think everyone's pretty fed up with it. I just, I, just, I, I don't know. It, I think not. Not even because of you know that situation. I, I didn't like how the girl uh, left her house, ran down the street, and then ran all the way to the other girl's house safely and then obviously they both encounter uh, the demon there um i didn't like how they they it kind of broke the whole movie like like they weren't supposed to be in the, the same room the demon was supposed to be powerful enough to kill them all right then and there so her just kind of like splitting and running down the street now mind you the 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 
the guy at the end of the movie, he ran as well, but the demon caught him. So why didn't the demon catch her? It, it was just inconsistent. And I thought it was unnecessary to get two of them in the same room together. Kind of ruined the whole theme that they had going on. But the movie sucked at that point anyway. So I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, I don't agree with you. All right. Uh, let's hit some scores. I'm going to give it a 3.5. That's fair. I was 3.7. Uh, it's a 0. 0.6 for me. Jesus, I, thought that it, I thought it sucked. Wow. I thought it sucked. Yeah, start start to finish, I was like, this, uh, this thing sucks. Even when it got going, I was like, this is predictable. So, no, nah, it wasn't good for me. I, all right, another thing I liked it. I, I do want to touch about one other thing. If you guys aren't finished yet, the uh, I I did like the end credits. How they just went to like invite the you know new person to call, and then they scrolled through, and that was actually the credits. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. picked up on that. That, yeah. that was kind of cool how they did that, where they still stuck to this entire movie is a Zoom call, even though I hated it from start to finish. But that, that was kind of a cool <laughs> little element that they did. Well, and the other stuck to it. The other thing that was interesting was I don't know if you guys watched this. It was kind of like bonus content at the end where they had shown an actual Zoom call that the cast and crew had. Did you guys see that? No. Yes, and that's not what you think it is. So this movie was inspired by a short film that the director had made on YouTube, which was what you saw at the end of that, and it went viral. So he with took the same, that. With the same actors and everything? What you saw. So that, that, la- that final clip that you saw that they advertised as this was the actual Zoom call we did in preparation for this. Oh. They made that. Damn it, David. What happened? Oh, no, it's not me. It's my wife. Um, they made that movie, that, that short film, back in before the movie was made a few years before, not a few years, but a little while before. And it went viral on YouTube. And then he was like, Oh, that was cool. Let's make an actual movie out of it. So then they just, okay. So now they lied to me too. So they slapped that on the end and said, <laughs> Oh, you thought, it was Zoom. True, you thought it was the whole thing was a true story. No, no, no. no. I thought it was, no, no, no. I thought it was just a really bad movie. So then at the end of the really bad movie in the version that I watched, then they played that zoom call and they said, this yeah. was the original zoom call with the cast and crew. Uh, before we filmed the movie and it was like so they played it off that they had a little meeting about how they're going to shoot a movie and then they did this you know they, they played that so okay so on top of all that they lied to me by the way i didn't even like that part either but i was i was curious to see what you guys thought about it <laughs> but they're just full of lies and, and bad production and just so, that's fine all right uh, so, so hang on let me can i can i amend my score i'm now down to a 0.2 just because they lied to me at the end <laughs> you're, you're 0.6 no i'm 0.2 now better better edit the graphics i know you're in charge of these graphics you better give me a 0.2 star at the end i do like uh i like bitter movie jesse <laughs> what's that i like bitter movie jesse you don't you usually don't like hate the movie so this is fun it was i enjoy new, this yeah. mm-hmm. he usually doesn't hate a movie that we like this that's is the first yeah. one yeah i think we all universally hated um Insidious. Sinister 2. Sinister 2, yeah. yeah. So. Mm. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this horror movie reviews with Bone Tomahawk and the movie host. What we're going to be doing going forward is we're going to cut it down to one movie in general, unless we're covering like a movie and its sequel or what I have planned for Christmas, which Dave is not going to be happy wait. about. Dave is not going to be happy about oh, it. No, you're not doing... You're not doing the thing. Oh, I know what you're going to do. What am I going to do? Say it. You're not doing Black Christmas. No, we're not doing Black Christmas. We're doing all three versions of Black Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to want to tune into this one because there is nothing on this planet. You know, I'm not going to give it away. <laughs> Save that for Bitter Dave. Yeah, that's about four Better months away too. or so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll cover all three versions of Black Christmas. Dave, what movie are we going to be covering next time? So next time we're going to cover X, which is a 2022 
so it came out this year movie uh, directed by Ty West so there are this is another one of those movies where you're gonna be like alright which X am I watching <laughs> yeah 2022 directed by Ty West starring Mia Goth Jenna Ortega and Brittany Snow so is it just the letter X or is it like EX the letter X okay great can't wait to try to find this movie <laughs> you'll be able to find it because it's, it's relevant right now so alright perfect cool well until next time guys thanks for joining us on this week's horror movie reviews we will see you next time